Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Stephen Holder, who now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, now ESPN NFL reporter, and you can find him on Twitter, at Holder Stephen. Stephen, we appreciate the time, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? We're doing well, Stephen. And I know you wanted to clarify some comments that you had on Twitter when you tweeted out the clip of Frank Reich saying he has meetings every week with David Tepper. There are some owners that aren't involved, and there are some owners who are involved. David Tepper (laughs) is the latter. And you tweeted out, it was painful to watch for you, quote, because it wasn't the first time that you've heard him say this. It's an open secret in the league that the owner heavily influenced the QB choice, which is never ideal. I do want to be fair as well. You did clarify in your thread that it's not supposed to be a slight towards Bryce whatsoever. You were just making a prediction based off of Frank Reich's criteria. Frank Reich wanted a bigger quarterback. CJ Stroud fit that bill. So what did you want to portray when you went down this Twitter thread, putting out the Frank Wright clip? Well, as you know, Twitter is a great place for complete thoughts. So uh, I figured <laughs> why not, why not put out a firebomb on Twitter? Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, here, here's the thing that I realized a couple things after I, I tweeted that, and I don't, I'm not taking back anything I said. All those things are accurate. What I would say is that, let me clarify, because I think there was some misunderstanding about a couple things. Number one, when I say I've heard him say that before, I am referring, I think you guys probably realize this, but some don't. I'm referring to his time in Indianapolis. Not, I haven't talked to Frank Reich about David Tepper whatsoever, like zero. I haven't, I haven't talked to Frank since, uh, I would say, a little after the draft, I think. So that has nothing to do with that. Um, in fact, before the draft, I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him since the draft. So anyway... What I was referring to is there was perceived intervention by the owner here in Indianapolis, Jim Mercer. Last year in particular, it was a messy year. You know Frank got fired. Uh, There was an instance you might recall about five weeks into the season, uh, they benched Matt Ryan and started Sam Ellinger. And anyone who knew Frank Reich looked at that decision and said, wait, what? Even though Matt Ryan clearly was struggling, we knew that in his mind, Sam Ellinger had a lot of growth still to do before he ever became, you know, someone they would consider as a starter. And, and we knew the challenges that Matt Ryan had faced. Well, we learned at some point that, that uh, Jim Mersey had really driven that decision. And I know Frank Reich was very, very frustrated by, by that and, and just the, the, the idea that he couldn't, you know, make a quarterback decision. That was just really um, troubling to him. So, so anyway, and hearing, I've heard him have to kind of talk his way out of these situations before where it's like, I really don't want to deal with the owner on this, but I have to, <laughs> you know? And so it sounded so familiar to me. And then the other thing I would say is that anything related to the quarterback choice, those are, those are things that have been said by other people in the league. Mm-hmm. Did not come from Frank Reich in particular, but I do think that sentiment is out there. That belief is out there. And that's what people in the league, that's what a lot of people in the league believe, is that they had their mindset in someone else. 
And it doesn't mean the owner made the quarterback decision. I'm not saying that but he certainly had a hand in it and influenced it. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Jim Ursay because I've been trying to get a grip on just how, quote-unquote, meddling he might be during Frank Reich's time. We all know the reports and the story about him apologizing to Jim Ursay when he brought Carson Wentz aboard, and it didn't work out that season. They failed to make the playoffs, especially after an atrocious last two games from said starting quarterback. But is it... Is Jim Ursay somebody that was driving a lot of the decisions throughout Reich's tenure, or did it really come to a head when we talk about what happened last year in the Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger decision? Uh, in, in, in Ursay's defense, it really is the latter. So mm-hmm. I would say that he was not someone who was, was heavily involved uh, with decision-making. I mean, he wants to know what's going on, and, and he wants to be kept in the loop. Don't get me wrong. But, but he's not someone who is going to necessarily tell people what to do or, or override people. That's not his style generally, and, and it had not been up until last year. So I mean, people in Ursay's circle will tell you the reason he broke from his, his normal routine last year is because uh, things had taken such a turn that he felt like he really needed to insert himself and intervene. Now, you can take issue with that and agree or disagree, but I think that's, that's fine. I, I get that on some level, you know? So I just think the, the extent to which he did insert himself was just a little much for some people, you know? And I'm talking mm-hmm. about not only that quarterback decision, but also hiring uh, Jeff Saturday to be the interim coach um, over the wishes of, of people um, in the front office who, who were staunchly opposed to that for obvious reasons. So anyway, yeah, that was not something though, that, that I would say Frank Reich had to deal with during most of his tenure. Um, Jim Merson had been very supportive. And, and usually if the, if the, if the brain trust made a decision, he was usually going to go along with it. Steven Holder joins us on the body works plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Holder Steven and Steven, you know, if the rumors are true and uh, the owner had the biggest decision or had a big hand in choosing the quarterback, how much of a disadvantage do you feel like that puts a guy like Frank Reich in when he can't choose the quarterback that he wants? Well, what I would say is, you know, without knowing everything, I think, you know, because we don't know ultimately how much how much weight was given from the owner, how much he influenced it. But what I would say as a general rule in situations like that, you want that decision to be made clear-headed. You don't want that decision to be influenced by any other influences other than the football. You know, and, and that's not to say the owner can't have a vote. I mean, you, you buy a team with the understanding that you're going to influence some of the things that happen. But, but I also am a firm believer that football people should make football decisions. So, you know, however that decision played out behind closed doors, I just think you want it to be made with without any real uh, interference from anything besides this guy does this well and that well, he does this poorly and that poorly. You want it to be purely, and I mean purely a football decision, and obviously the, the character of the player and things like that, the things that, that should decide a draft pick. So, and, and the people who are best equipped to make that decision are your, your coaches and your, your front office. 
And so when you look at it and you talked about the things that Frank Reich has always told you that he's wanted in a quarterback, do you feel like that that has kind of hindered him when you look at it from afar with the job that he's done so far with this offense and the way he's called plays for Bryce Young? Well, I would say I would say there are some there are some things about Bryce that make sense. Like one thing, for example, would be uh, the playmaking ability he showed um, in college. That's something that I know you're going to cringe when I say this, but <laughs> but you know when in Frank's in Frank's earlier days working with Carson Wentz, like young Carson Wentz. I mean that was a talent that he had. He could make those off schedule plays, you know. So I, it's not as if there's no um, there's there's nothing there that that Frank Reich would be drawn to. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but I do think he does have you know sort of this these sort of basic criteria that he does uh, kind of look at, and and size has always been one. So CJ checks that box. Uh, the accuracy is really high for Frank Reich. If you ask him, you know what are his his main criteria? You know what does a quarterback have to do well that you just you can't compromise on? Accuracy would be one of those things. Now, this is not to say that Bryce Young is inaccurate. He's not inaccurate. Uh, but certainly, C.J. Stroud has, has made his living being just a deadly accurate thrower. That's just that's what he does. And so I, I just think that was the thing for me, between the size and the, the accuracy of C.J. Stroud, he felt like a, a Frank Reich quarterback. Now, it's not Frank Reich. It's not the, the Carolina Franks, right? It's the Carolina Panthers. So, so it's a decision that that's bigger than just what the coach likes and wants. Granted, but certainly, I think we might have lost Steve. in a big role. Sorry, Stephen. Yeah, sorry. It looks like we lost you there for a little bit. It's Stephen Holder of ESPN NFL reporter joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Apologize, just broke up a little bit, but I do want to continue this conversation surrounding Frank Reich as the head coach. Because, Stephen, we, we do have a lot of fans that want him just five games into the season to give up play calling responsibilities. And we know in Indianapolis, I know you were there with the athletic covering Frank Reich, a part of the Indy star as well. We know that that was Frank Reich's MO as to why he was able to land a head coaching job in the first place, because he was this offensive savant, a nice play caller. What was his play calling reputation based off of the fan base there in Indianapolis and even the players, if you know what their thoughts were. So I would say among fans, probably mixed and, you know, it always, boils down to results. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just how this thing works. Uh, I think, you know, when when the offense was was thriving, uh, he's a good play caller. When it's not, he's not. But <laughs> but I I think the other thing that that really colored people's opinions, and I didn't have a problem with this, but but certainly some fans do, is he was at times pretty aggressive as a play caller. So he was going to go for a lot of fourth downs. Um, he was maybe going to throw the ball in short yardage situations where maybe. Not everyone appreciated that, uh, things of, of that nature. So, I, I think those kinds of those kinds of habits uh, kind of I think colored some people's perception of Frank Reich as a play caller. Uh, I thought he had. Uh, well, let me back up. I think sometimes it's just really hard to evaluate what Frank Reich was here because of the quarterback situation. And that doesn't mean that he didn't have thumbprints on that. Of course he did. But ultimately, uh, Andrew Luck retiring just basically pulled the rug out under rug out from under everybody. 
And and as a coach, I think he spent the next three years just trying to to find some stability at that position, which is a really bad place to be working from. I mean, each and every year. So so I don't I don't think we can accurately judge him as a play caller because of that. The one thing I would say, and and this is a positive and a negative, depending on the situation. It could be a positive or negative. Uh, Frank Wright's offense can be demanding, and and Bryce Young is a rookie. So and maybe that would have been the case. You know, that would have been challenging for any rookie, but I, but I think that's something to consider too. You know, rookies or young players in general, I wouldn't say they struggled with his offense, but, but they definitely needed time to adjust. So I do take that into account uh, with Bryce. And, and whatever struggles he may be having. I haven't seen a lot of Carolina play, unfortunately. You know, we, there's lots of games going on, on Sundays. But, but just I imagine, you know, there have been some ups and downs, and, I, and I, I've seen and read and so forth. That could be a factor. And, and maybe that lessens over time. Let's hope it does. But I, I do think that's something to, to consider. Yeah, last thing, Stephen, before we get you out of here, just want your perspective on a head coach that you covered for a while. You know, a lot of other people, too, because it's going so poorly, right? So it's easy to question yeah. everything surrounding the process. I just want to try to figure out what's fair and what's not. Now people and fans are questioning his command of the locker room. You're talking about somebody in Steve Wilkes, where even with their familiarity with Steve Wilkes, he was a demanding presence. He was someone that was a little more hardcore than what Frank Wright comes off as, right? What was was it, Was the locker room... What was the support of the locker room for Frank Reich was he, when he was there in Indianapolis for a few years? I think players really did love him. I, I think his style is definitely his style. There's no doubt about it. Look, he's not going to be a hardcore coach. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily a player's coach either, like, you know, just let them do whatever they want. That's not necessarily what it is. But I think if you ask him about it, he will tell you accurately that, you know, you have to be who you are. I think if Frank Reich came in the locker room, and and if, if Frank Wright came in the locker room and started, you know, throwing clipboards and and <laughs> dropping f bombs, it, it wouldn't very it wouldn't ring very authentic, you know. And it's just that's just not who he is. And so, you know, he's he's very he's a very thoughtful person. He's a former minister. And, I mean, he we know who he is, and he knows who he is. So I, I think he just governed himself accordingly. I will tell you this: look, his first season in Indianapolis where, you know, they were rebuilding a little bit, or they were at least retooling. They did have Andrew Luck, so that, that makes the job a lot easier. But they started 1-5. and five. Now, what did happen, though, is they were playing hard, and you could see that, all right, if we get some luck, we could actually turn this around. And, and so guys started to buy in, even though they were 1-5. and five. I mean, whereas the, the fan base was pretty much at that point kind of tuned out. That's Stephen Holder joining us. What in, I'm sorry. What go ahead, Stephen. Finish your point. Sorry. What ended up happening is, I mean, they won nine out of ten down the stretch. Now, I am not predicting that here. I'm not. There's certainly a different scenario. Talent level may be different. All of that, but uh, but he held the team together under some really tough circumstances. And I think the same could be said in the aftermath of Andrew Luck's retirement, where I mean, just you can't have a bigger gut punch. They started five and two that year, so he's been good under under really difficult circumstances in the past, but each circumstance is very unique and each situation is its own. So we'll see how it goes there. 
That is great stuff from Stephen Holder, NFL reporter for ESPN, covered Frank Reich in Indianapolis for The Athletic alongside the Indy Star as well. Find him on Twitter, at Holder Stephen. Thanks so much for the time, Stephen. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. All right. Hey, you got it.